Good morning, and welcome to Monday Mornings with Maddie and Morgan. I'm Maddie. And I'm Morgan. Woo! Woo! <laughs> and we're sitting next to each other <laughs> for the first time ever. For the first time in the history of this podcast. <laughs> we're sitting next to each other in the same place. In the same state for the first time in over six months, probably. Yeah, since well, not been in this. We were in the same state around Christmas time, but yeah, first time I've seen you in person since <laughs> August. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! How exciting! Very. So, um, how are you? I'm good. I did want to add today that my favorite murder had an episode that came out this week. And they did the full story of Cocaine Bear. <gasps> like, from the whole, like, before incident, and the Cocaine Bear incident, and, like, the aftermath. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Yep. So, I just thought you guys should know, because we did talk about that in our Bears episode. <laughs> but, how are you? Um, I'm good. I was having a rough week, so I decided to say, uh, screw it, and <laughs> <laughs> drove up to Vermont, so. <laughs> yeah. Better now that I'm here, and it's awesome. <laughs> it's like having another cat, yeah, <laughs> to come home to after work. <laughs> Just me napping on the floor, <laughs> making friends with the furry ones. <laughs> They're so good. But, All right. So, Manny, what are we talking about today? Well, today I well, first I would like to start off by saying that this comes out during the birth week of my best friend since kindergarten, Elena. Oh, so happy birthday! Happy birthday, Elena, and thank you for existing. Um, <laughs> but this also comes out the day after Easter, so and it also comes out the birth week of my sister. Oh yes, HBD lib, HBD lib, <laughs> love ya. Um, <laughs> So this comes out the day after Easter, which is pretty cool, I guess, if you celebrate. If not, um, I'm going to tell you so much about the Easter Bunny right now. <laughs> I'm so excited and a little scared. Yeah. <laughs> so you may remember from our first episode that Morgan had covered some of the characters that are associated with Christmas and the winter holidays. And so most of those do make sense because they're based off of, like, people or, like, other gods and stuff. Like, we had Santa, who's based off of Kris Kringle, who, like, was it? Yeah. Saint Nick. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Same person. It was a whole saga. Yeah. The, the web was extensive. <laughs> but it was all, like, people. This <laughs> is just a giant bunny that lays eggs. So it's a little confusing as to how the hell we got here to where we are in the year 2021, where a giant bunny enters our homes at night and leaves us a variety it. of small gifts in a pastel basket. I hate it, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> Have you ever seen those pictures from like the 80s or 90s with this scary the satanic looking bunny? <laughs> the yeah. scary mall bunnies. Oh my gosh. I don't love them. <laughs> <laughs> they are quite entertaining, though. Yeah, we'll have to post a few pictures. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to be home this weekend. I can find some. Yes. <laughs> I will find some. <laughs> so, just like with our winter holiday pals, the Easter Bunny is also rooted in religious and old other traditions. So, where exactly did the Easter Bunny come from? Well, I can promise that you didn't miss that day in Sunday school where they told you about the magic bunny who lays eggs. Because... <laughs> 
This fun friend is not mentioned in the Bible. I'm shocked. <laughs> Shockingly. <laughs> but is now a staple of the most important um, Catholic and Christian holiday. And as we know, many pagan celebrations and feasts were Christianized um, to slowly convert the pagans to Christianity a little bit more smoothly. Obviously, this took a very long time of like compromise and whatever. But um, with Easter, they actually ended up holding on to a ton of the pagan traditions of vernal equinox, um, which is just the celebration of it becoming spring essentially so it's like the spring equinox and it's celebrating like the next six months of more sunlight than dark this really is coming full circle to our first episode it really is santa (laughs) and winter solstice at least this piece is yeah (laughs) so the celebrations or and like the goddess of them were known as eoster e-o- S-T-R-E, so Easter, Ostara, or Eastre. So that last one is E-A-S-T-R-E. Um, but they're all names for the pagan goddess of dawn and spring. And that is actually where we got the English word for Easter, because in most other European countries and like the Romance languages, it's a form of the word Passover is used for Easter. So in Italian, it's Pasqua. So like, when I see my Nana on Easter, I say Buona Pasca. And <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> yeah, and then it's Pascha in Greek, etc., etc. Et so, Easter is, I'm not saying this right, probably. I forgot to look it up. Um, <laughs> but Easter is the goddess of spring and spring celebrations and is closely associated with flowers, fertility, rebirth, and new life. Her animal symbol is the hare or rabbit, which I do know are two different animals, but I guess it used to be a hare, and, but when it came to America and more westernized countries, it became a rabbit, and rabbits in general are pretty common symbols for fertility because of their high reproduction rates, which, I mean, makes sense. (laughs) And it's also probably due to the resurgence of bunnies and baby bunnies in the springtime, but since the church decided to keep so much of the pagan celebration, the bunnies came along with it, and that might be the beginning of the Easter bunny. So what truly solidified the Easter bunny that we know today? Well, in the 1700s, German immigrants brought the tradition of Osterhaze to Pennsylvania and America. Osterhaze or Osterhaus, get it? Like Easter hare? <laughs> We're even talking about Pennsylvania Dutch, which yep. we did in our first episode <laughs> with Delschnickel. Yep. <laughs> so this was an egg-laying hare that laid colorful eggs as gifts for any good children. Kids would make these cute little nests for him to leave eggs in. And just like we leave cookies for Santa, kids would sometimes leave out carrots for the Easter bunny. Which How is- did they decide it was he was going to lay eggs? I'll get into the eggs. Okay. Like, because <laughs> clearly rabbits don't lay eggs. Yeah, it took me a while to find, like, where the eggs came from, because I was like, all right, thank you for, I get the rabbit part, but, like, eggs. eggs. Why is he got the <laughs> why eggs? Isn't it, why isn't it a chicken that leaves the eggs? <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> or, like, a dragon. Easter dragon. Ooh, that'd be fun. That sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> Not very, um... <laughs> European culture, though. Yeah. Oh, well. But, so, 
This tradition eventually spread throughout the U.S., and these little Easter nests that they would make for the eggs eventually turned into Easter baskets, which we still use today. Um, I do want to add a little bit of um, about the first recording of this type of Easter bunny. So I guess way back in 1682, a German doctor named Johann Riker published a medical dissertation on Easter eggs. And it was like 16 pages long or something, and it was like recently translated, but... <laughs> he wrote how their Easter haze lays and hides these colorful eggs for kids to find in their gardens on Easter Sunday. The story of what happens on Easter is a bit different and brings Easter egg hunts, which are still very common today, especially considering the White House usually throws a big Easter egg hunt every year, which is where Nicolas Cage was able to get into the Oval Office to check out that desk after he stole the Declaration of Independence. True. I'm um, sorry, I had that. to put that in there. Oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> it is one of our favorite cinematic masterpiece it is <laughs> so anyways this doctor wrote about how all these kids would get all of these eggs on christmas and eat them wicked fast apparently these kids ate these eggs too fast and quote without any salt butter or any flavoring which apparently made them sick <laughs> i love not hard-boiled well. eggs but i like to put something on them I just also, like, you probably don't want to eat that many of them, but, like, it makes a little bit more sense when I talk more about eggs in a second. Okay. I guess. Um, <laughs> in theory. And, I mean, I guess, like, in, in general, like, if you're just, like, housing hard-boiled eggs, you're gonna feel ill. If you're housing <laughs> anything, you're gonna feel <laughs> ill. So. But, yeah, so he apparently wrote his whole dissertation on it, but in general, eggs were a symbol of new life and fertility, so that's probably one of the reasons why they were given out. But also, I would like to delve a little bit deeper into these eggs. So, I guess decorating eggs dates back to 60,000 years ago in Mesopotamia and Crete, where they used to engrave ostrich eggs with decorations, and, like, they were depicted in paintings and, like, gold and silver, and they were given to royalty. And wow. Yeah. How fancy. And <laughs> since these OG civilizations... They obviously passed down traditions, so we still decorate eggs 60,000 years later. Um, <laughs> but as I've already mentioned, eggs have been associated with life and rebirth and even royalty back in these days. And it's, I guess, tradition in part of the Passover Seder to have a white egg as part of the like plating that they leave out. Um, and Easter is extremely closely related to Passover, so it makes sense that eggs were brought over in that tradition. And a few of the sources I was reading from said that, like, it's egg decoration with Easter started because people would decorate the eggs red to symbolize Christ's blood. And I was like, that's a little deep and dark. sad and dark and also, like, weird, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the one that I liked a little bit more is that when it comes to Easter and Lent, I guess eggs were traditionally prohibited from being eaten during Lent. So families on like Fat Tuesday or um, like Mardi Gras would eat up all of their like stockpiled eggs, or, like any eggs that they had and <laughs> like eat them all up. But And get fat. Yeah, but as you know... <laughs> on Fat Tuesday. 
Sorry, continue. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but as you know, um, chickens don't stop producing eggs for Lent. So That's true. <laughs> and if you can't eat eggs during Lent, you end up with a surplus of eggs that you're just like, what do I do? Because you don't want them to go bad because that's food that you could potentially eat. And if this is way, way back in the day, you're not trying to waste any food. Eggs are the best. Yeah. So... <laughs> When you have a surplus of eggs, the best way to use them and store them would be to hard boil them, I guess. So by the time Easter came around, there was usually this massive abundance of eggs, especially hard boiled ones, which is why they were usually given out. But it's also really easy to like use natural things to dye different eggs. So they would dye them in all different like patterns, depending on like they'd put like an onion peel on it and that would like help change it, like look like a leaf and all these other things. So it was pretty interesting just to see like that even way, way back in the day, they would dye these eggs and then decorate them and either give them to kids if they were good or like give them to other family members and loved ones and be like, here's this egg that I saved and decorated for a month. <laughs> Wrote your name on it. <laughs> yeah. They also talked about how they would like some people, like depending on country or like tradition, some people would use like, wa- like candle wax and either like make marks on them and then dip them so they would have like lines and stuff. We used to use a white crayon. To yeah. So they did that too. They would put like dates and names on them in crayons. Cute. But yeah. So... In some cultures, these eggs were also used as decorations around the house. And according to Wikipedia, in Lebanon, children would take these eggs on Easter morning and duel with them. Oh no. And say, (laughs) quote, Christ is resurrected. Indeed he is. I have a question. (laughs) Break them and then eat the eggs. Yes, what's your question? So to duel with eggs... Do you throw them at the other person? So I saw a few pictures, and I think it was just kind of like you just, like, smashed them together. Okay. <laughs> Seems like a waste of egg. <laughs> you ate them afterwards. And there was but, a lot of eggs. <laughs> yeah, it was just, like, super strange. And then apparently this is, like, super common in other, like, countries and other places and, like, all this other stuff. And I was just like, what? I was picturing them just chucking the eggs at each other, like, in dual formation. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Um, so there's also, is called the egg dance, which um, is not Humpty Dumpty twerking or an egg just, like, shimmying back and forth. It's like a I, picture. Like, yeah, oh. I just figured, like, <laughs> um, But it's an Easter game where eggs are put on the ground with the goal of dancing around them and breaking, without breaking any. I guess this originated in Germany, but also happens in the UK, but it is called Hop Egg. I would be terrible at that. Yeah, same. (laughs) So there are also um, the tradition of egg rolling, which I guess is done on the White House lawn, but it is a game that's played on Easter in the UK, Germany, and obviously in the United States, and it's where you roll eggs down a hillside at Easter. Oh my gosh. I was just listening to the weirdest thing I learned this week episode about cheese rolling. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about was just like a bunch of small children like running down that like, I don't know if you've seen the hill that they do cheese rolling on. It's so steep. I just was picturing like a bunch of toddlers running down that after like pastel neon colored eggs. Just tumbling down the hill. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, 
So there's a whole diff- a few different versions of like Easter egg hunts, which is like I know like a lot of like churches and like communities and stuff and mm-hmm. like town halls will do them and like you can bring your kids. Um, I know like my parents used to hide them around like the house if it was too cold out. And one year my dad and my uncle hid them in the backyard, like and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, we used to do that. Yeah, so it was always fun. Um, I guess there's a Slavic tradition. Um, <laughs> It's, I'm just going to read this from the Wikipedia page because I don't fully understand it. Um, It's, they have a tradition of gathering eggs by gaining them from the females in return of whipping them with a ponytail-shaped whip made out of fresh willow branches and splashing them with water, which is supposed to give them health and beauty. Excuse me? So you go get an egg from a lady. And then get hit. And then... (laughs) You whip her with willow branches in water, and she's supposed to get pretty and healthy. <laughs> That's just plain rude. <laughs> um, there's a Latin American and Hispanic uh, tradition of emptying the eggs and fill- sealing them with uh, confetti and then cracking them over somebody's heads. That's fun. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, and then there was also like a few things little things about um kids that are visual like visually impaired i guess they have eggs for kids that are like visually impaired that make different noises so that kids can be included in these star egg hunts which is very cute yeah um there's also egg tapping which is a traditional i think it's a traditional northern england Eastertide game, which I think may date back to, like, pagan traditions and stuff. Um, it's where kids have hard-boiled eggs, and they're distributed to every player, and then you hit the other player's egg with your own, and it's also known as egg tapping, egg dumping, or egg jarring. And you win by having the egg that is still intact. Lovely. <laughs> I guess there's an annual egg jarping. I think jarping? that's supposed to say tapping. Oh, no. Egg jarping is one of the... Oh. Yeah. So it's also known as egg tapping, dumping, and jarping. Oh, I thought you said jarring. Yeah. I think I probably read it as jarring oh. because jarping doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No, I'm with you So there. there's an annual egg jarping championship World Championship that's held every year over Easter weekend. <laughs> Interesting. Lovely. Um, I also know that there's, like, a lot of different traditions where, like, you have, like, bread where there's an egg baked into it. It's like, oh, you're lucky if you get the yeah. bread with the egg piece. <laughs> or like, like, weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, we all love chocolate eggs and the Cadbury eggs. Reese's eggs are my favorite. Oh, yeah. The Reese's eggs are really good. Um, there are about 80 million Easter eggs sold in the UK alone. (laughs) So, it's very interesting. Um, Kinder eggs are my favorite ones, even though they're, like, not allowed in the U.S., and now we have, like, gross ones, but... Aren't those the ones that have stuff inside Yeah. Them? Why mm. aren't they allowed in the U.S.? Choking hazard. Oh. Well, that's no fun. 
and everything else is allowed in the U.S., so it's stupid. Yeah, what um, the heck? There's got to be something else going on with it, but my friend's dad, when we were, like, little, he used to get them on business trips to Europe and bring them back, and they were so fun, and they had, like, little tiny toys inside, and they were really so interesting. So the ones that are in the U.S. are not the same? No, they didn't really ever have them in the U.S. They kind of had, like, a off version oh, of them, okay. but now they have, they, like, advertise, like, oh, we're getting, like... Kinder surprise or like Kinder like whatever, uh, but it's not actually like they don't come with prizes. It's just like the egg. That's freaking lame. Yeah, or at least that's what it was when I recently had it. Um, so now, the final thing I will talk about, I think, is the Fabergé egg. Oh, I'm excited to learn about this. So Fabergé eggs are. I thought just, like, a special pretty egg, because, like, they always have them in, like, movies and stuff. They're like, we have, have to go steal like, this Fabergé egg. Yeah, they have them in, like, museums and stuff. I know mm-hmm. they're, like, really fancy. So, I wasn't going to cover the Fabergé eggs, but they actually are an Easter egg, which is pretty sick. Um, Fabergé eggs are created from a jeweler that's called like house of Fabergé so that's like the jeweler so it's like you know how like Tiffany's made like lamps and stuff before they made jewelry so it's like that like having like Tiffany decanter or something wild like (laughs) Tiffany Fabergé yeah (laughs) they probably make like crystal eggs for Easter as well but so essentially all of these eggs were created under the supervision of this guy, um, Peter Carl Fabergé, they were created, there were 69 eggs in total, and only 57 of them are still around today. They were all created between 1885 and 1917. And the most famous are his 52 imperial eggs, which only 46 of actually survive right now. But so all of the Fabergé eggs were gifts made for Russian czars for um, Easter gifts to their wives or mothers. And I'll show you some pictures since we're here. But they're very, very cool. Um, Let's see. The very first one. So they have different names. And they all have. um, Let's see where if I can find where it says what it is. Basically, all of these eggs are an egg, but also have something like a special surprise inside. Yes, I did know that. So it's very like interesting, especially because like I literally never even heard of like knew that these were something super real that like was only made for the Russian family. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This Fabergé mosaic multicolored pendant, which obviously isn't a real Fabergé egg. But it sells for $50,000. So. <laughs> so the first one, made in 1885, was called Hen. It's also known as Jeweled Hen Egg. It is the first of the 54 jeweled eggs made for the Russian imperial family. Yeah, I guess after this one egg, they were like, this is so great. We're going to keep like ordering eggs every year from you guys for Easter. And... There are some pretty cool ones. A lot of them, I thought that most of them would be, like, at the Kremlin. So, like, only a few of them are at the Kremlin Armory. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are lost. 
and a few of them that are lost have pictures or descriptions, but some of them it's just basically, like, not even really known. Interesting. Yeah. And so, like, one of them is just called Mob, and it says, only the egg surprise has been found. And this one's called Pansy, but it's only the egg surprise. And, or, like, they got separated. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting. So, like, this one is, like... Bouquet of Lilies, like clock, was the 1899 oh, one, and then Pansy is the surprise for it. But you can see the egg is at the Kremlin Armory, and the egg surprise is belongs to some woman in the U.S. What the heck, Matilda? Yeah. So that's the other thing is like a lot of them don't belong to Russia anymore. A lot of them are in the U.S. Like a lot of them. That doesn't surprise me. No, but it's, like, when you also think about it, you're, like, if there was, like, an American royal family or presidency or something where they had a tradition of buying these eggs, Mm -hmm. you know that they would stay in the families or stay at the White House. Right. And if they weren't there, Americans would have major beef with whatever countries had them. Mm -hmm. And some of these are just in private collections. Like, they don't even say, like... It looks like a couple of them are at the Met in New York. Yeah, there's a few at the Met. Um, there's one Russian dude, like, millionaire, billionaire, who owns, like, a whole bunch of them. Is this Victor guy? Yes. Interesting. There's two years where there were no eggs made, and I'm not super sure about why. Let me see if I can find anything. There was the Russian-Japanese War in 1904 and 1905, which is why they did not have any eggs those years mm-hmm. and he also so Fabergé the <laughs> jeweler was also made a bunch of eggs for people who were not the Romanovs or the czars of Russia at the time Ooh, there's a Fabergé museum yeah and so the very last one that was made there's like some controversy over it because there's two Fabergé eggs that claimed to be this specific egg and it was created in 1917 it's called constellation and it looks really cool it's this like blue egg in like a cloud pile yeah that's the my favorite one i've seen so yeah it's really cool and there's some like very interesting different ones too like i mean there's not pictures of all of them obviously because some they don't know where the heck they are a lot of them are just like really pretty and shiny and then some are more boring but that last one is like really pretty yeah some of them are really (laughs) ugly some of them have like the whole family's like portraits in them and like it's like a locket but um he also made a bunch of eggs for alexander ferdinand dofich kelch a siberian gold miner miner industrialist so he just has a bunch of gold mines and um obviously they weren't like as crazy as the ones made for the kremlin but they're pretty cool like these ones are a lot more like low-key and just like look like eggs i like this green and gold one from 1902 yeah is that the it's for the door isn't the one in the Dorothy yeah yeah that's um one of the ones from for Kelch yeah and then there's a few other Fabergé eggs which I don't fully know what they were made for but some of these are pretty cool this noble ice one from 1914 so cool it looks like yeah. snowflakes 
It literally looks just like a frozen something around there. I highly recommend you guys go look them up because they're pretty cool. Yeah, we'll definitely have to post a few pictures of them, but it's like... Oh, yeah, they have a picture of, or not, they have a list of, like, who owns the most eggs, and, <laughs> like, where are they, and <laughs> it's crazy, just, like, it makes sense why there's, like, a few different movies around, like, getting different eggs, and, like, where they are, and, but. Lovely. Yeah, so, those are some eggs, and, I mean, I already mentioned it, but the only reason why... We, I brought them in to this episode is because they're actually an Easter gift, and I think that's the most extravagant oh my Easter gosh, gift yeah. to ever, ex- like ever exist ever. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's insane, lovely, yeah. Thanks. Of course. What did you guys do for Easter growing up? Um, for a while we would go to my aunt's house and I think we did like Easter baskets and Easter egg hunt there, but then they moved. So then more recently it was just kind of like we do a little Easter egg hunt around like the living room kitchen area and then like, and we open our baskets and stuff and then we do usually like a lunch with family. What about you? Yeah, we used to do like a lunch with family and Easter eggs with cousins and stuff, but my family's not super big, so it's more low-key. Yeah. Just kind of hang out. <laughs> it's not like one where you buy other people gifts for, so it's... Right, and it's definitely not... I don't know, I feel like in the list of holidays, it's not my first priority. Like, normally I don't go home for Easter. Yeah. <laughs> but, anyway. Well, thank you. I feel like I learned... Lots of things to share. <laughs> Lots of random fun facts, but well, I mean... That's what we're hey, here for. That's the point of the podcast, so... <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Stay tuned next Monday and every Monday for new episodes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. We're on Instagram at Monday Mornings Pod, on Twitter at Monday Mornings P, and we have a Facebook page. If you have questions or topics that you'd like to have covered in a future episode, you can also email us at mondaymorningspod at gmail.com. Or DM us. True. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review on iTunes. So, I'm not going to bully you guys about reviewing us this week, (laughs) but I am going to bully you about rating us, because it literally takes one second. You just have to click five stars. (laughs) Do it. You don't have to rate anything. You just have to click the little five star button. Yeah. (laughs) Please. So, please do that. And as always, start your Monday mornings the right way with Maddie and Morgan. Bye. Goodbye.